Um, I'd like to have Raymond and Lee come up and join me up here if they would. Raymond and Lee. Now, what is it that's special about Raymond and Lee? Well, just looking at them, not really that much. (laughs) However, one thing that's interesting is that they are father and son of the same lineage, and one is actually older than the other. There is a question. This this question is what we're going to try and answer today, and it somehow relates to them, and it actually uh, is in my sermon. Um, There's the perennial question about whether or not there are any parts of our bodies that grow perpetually. Some people would say that you get to be 18 or so and your body stops growing. In fact, we know that to be true because we, you know, like none of you have just continued to grow and grow and grow, at, at least not up. And so at some point, you have, you've stopped growing. But people often say that the nose, and what's the other part? The ears continue to grow. The question is, is this an urban myth or is this reality? Now, I don't know. I, I haven't measured their ears before. And so I don't, I really, I haven't. And so I don't know what's going to happen when I measure their ears, but I'm just going to check this out and see what happens. Now, Lee, how old are you? 14. Lee's 14. Raymond, how old are you? 14? He's not 14. Okay. <laughs> Raymond is older than 14. Lee is 14. And because they're from the same lineage, I'm thinking it's possible that they have the same genetic makeup that comprises their ears. Now, it's possible that that's not the case. Trish is, in fact, a Roberts, and so it may be that the Roberts have larger ears than the average person or something, and that Lee's ears could be larger than Raymond's, and he's a Holmgren, but not really passing on the Holmgren ear gene, okay? So let's just see. We'll measure Lee's first and just see. And I have to tell you, just by looking, I'm thinking that these are going to be kind of comparable uh, with perhaps Lee's actually being larger. Let's just see. Don't move. (laughs) Okay, I I need to get a bigger ruler. (laughs) Okay, I'm measuring this. Oh, wait, it's Canada. Let me turn this over. (laughs) Okay, Okay. just short of seven centimeters. Okay, just short of seven centimeters. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, give him a hand. Aren't those nice? Okay. Those are some choice ears there, Lee. Way to go. Okay, Raymond? Ooh. I would say just a hair over seven centimeters. Huh? Let me do that again, because I don't know if I got the longest part either. Yeah, I'd say just a hair over seven centimeters. That's interesting, because he's not 14. He's older. And his ears are bigger. Now, I would think that it, based on height and things, that Lee may have had bigger ears. And, you know, you're going to continue to grow. Maybe you'll get some bigger ears. I don't know. But let's assume at this point that his ears aren't going to get too much bigger. It might be that they're relatively closer. Maybe because you're older, your ears are actually larger. Sagging. Sagging. <laughs> okay. Well, that's possible too. Okay. Have a seat, you two. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Now, you you might think that there's never been any research done on such a thing, but there actually has. The outside of the ear is called a pinna, P-I-N-N-A. 
Did anybody else know that besides me? I've been an expert in this area for a couple hours, so I know this. The pinna, then that's the outside flappy part of the ear. The question is, does it continue to grow during adulthood, like after you're 18? And so the question is, do old men really have big ears the way we all think they do? Maybe their ears look bigger relative to their head size because they don't have as much hair anymore. I thought that was a very strange comment. Or maybe their ears just get flabbier and hang down more. Okay, that's a possibility. Several studies have found that ears are larger. This is interesting. Several studies have found that ears are larger in older people. So it's apparently a fact. In fact, listen to this. In July 1993, 19 members of the Southeast Thames faculty of the Royal College of General Practitioners, practitioners gathered at Boar Place in Kent, in uh, Kent, England. They gathered together to consider how best to encourage ordinary general practitioners to carry out research. And somebody said, well, let's look at the question, why do old men have big ears? Now, why is it old men? Why not old women? Let's not be gender biased about this. I'm kind of offended, but we'll move on. Some members thought this was obviously true. Indeed, some old men have very big ears, but others doubted it. And so they set out to answer the question. The question was, as you get older, do your ears get bigger? They measured 206 patients who were studied in ages from 30 to 93. The average age was 53.75 years. The length of the left external ear was measured from the top to the lowest part with a transparent ruler. That's very good. It was transparent, so they could see. The result was in millimeters together with the patient's age, and these were recorded. Okay? And here's the formula. The average ear length was 675 millimeters, so 6.75 centimeters, which means that the Holmgrens have unusually large ears. <laughs> and the... And the linear regression equation was this. You take ear length times, yeah, sorry, no. Ear length equals 55.9, this is the formula, plus, plus 0.22 times the patient's, patient's age, and that's the formula for ears normally. Okay, so you take 55.9 plus the patient's age times 0.22, and you're generally going to get the size of ear. Now, what that means is, is that everybody's ears are relative to the patient's age. And the greater the age times 0.22, you're actually going to get the size of the ear. And so, people's ears do get larger as they get older. Okay? Now, here's the question. Even though that's the case, does that mean that the ears continue to grow larger just because they're bigger? Now, we've already heard a theory this morning about how they could be bigger without actually growing. What is the theory, Raymond? They sag. Yes. And in fact, studies have shown, I read all of this this morning, studies have shown that the cartilage in the ear, along with the fat that hangs on to the cartilage, does in fact sag because of gravity and ears get longer with time, not because they're growing, but because they're simply sagging because of gravity. 
Now you tell me you didn't learn something this morning. This is the truth. Okay? Now, is there any spiritual significance to this? Well, I can probably try and make some. And the point would be something like this. If ears stopped growing, they would be abnormal. Because the study shows that ears, in fact, do keep growing and getting bigger, even if it's because of gravity and cartilage sag, as people get older. And if people's ears don't get bigger as they grow older, then something's wrong. Gravity's not working. Or maybe they have excessively strong cartilage. Or maybe they don't have this kind of fat that other people have in their ears that makes those ears sag. But something is abnormal if the ears don't grow bigger as time goes on. And you know there's a Christian application to that. Because we've been talking about for weeks now about taking the gospel into our world. And last week we talked specifically about discipleship. And we talked about how important it is for each of us to be growing And as we take the gospel into the world to help people also see the need for them to become the disciples that Jesus wants them to be. And in fact, to expose people to ways in which they can be discipled and in which they can grow. And specifically, we applied that to small groups. And we said last week that if you're not part of a small group, you should be because God expects for us to grow. He wants us with time the older Christian that we are, to mature and to move forward in him and to not remain exactly where we are. Last week, we saw two people baptized freshly into Jesus Christ. Terry and Rynell are here this morning. In fact, they brought Samantha with them. Samantha, it's nice to meet you. Good to have you here. They were baptized into Christ last week, and when they came in my office this week and we sat down, I said to them, you know, folks, you realize that you're just babies And I'm not trying to be insulting when I say that. But for them to have just been baptized into Jesus Christ and just begin to learn what it means to be a Christian, they are in fact babies, babes in Christ. And they have a long ways to go. They have a lot of growth to do. And I'm sure that as time passes that Rynell and Terry are in fact going to grow. They're going to continue to mature and be what Jesus wants them to be. Because God wants so badly for all of us to continue to grow. And so I want to encourage the two of you this morning, okay? In some sense, I'm preaching to you, but not really just to you. That you need to grow in Christ. That we all need to grow in Christ and move forward in discipleship, becoming more and more what God wants us to be. Well, my opinion is, after looking at this for the last 25 years, that there are some key ingredients to the notion of discipleship. Last week, we took one of those very seriously, the the notion of small group fellowship and being part of a small group as a key to discipleship. This morning, what I want to do is just give you what I think are kind of the keys, the major elements for what it means for us to grow in Jesus. Can you grow in Jesus without doing every one of these? Perhaps. But I think it's a mistake to try to grow and be what God wants you to be without trying to incorporate these things into your life. And so I want to encourage you to look at this list and say, man, how is that happening in my life? Is this a part of who I am? Am I maturing in Jesus and using these things to get there? I pray that you are. Number one on the outline. I want you to take advantage of growth opportunities. Take advantage of growth opportunities. And we, we don't have time to read the passages this morning. I... I've got all these passages here for us to look at, and we simply are not going to be able to do that. Um, if, you're, if you have a pew Bible and you're going to look at that sometime, it's on page 828. 
I've written that down there, the, uh, the blank there, the spot to put in the page number. It's page 828 in the Pew Bible, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, that talks about how important for uh, it is for each of us to grow. Christ wants us to grow, the whole body uh, growing up in him together in the Lord. Number two, grow and share your life in Christ with others in a life group. Grow and share your life in Christ with others in life group. We looked last week intently at Acts 2, 42 through 47, kind of small group experiences that the church was experiencing at the very beginning. That's on page 772 in the Pew Bible. God wants very much for you to have some kind of experience with others, fellowshipping with them in order for you to grow. And if you take it seriously, the notion of being in the life group, I think growth is going to take place for you. Number three. Participate in the personal spiritual disciplines. And what, what I want to do is just run through these uh, kind of quickly here. And Rynell and Terry, this is important for you. Uh, there's a lot of people here who kind of know what the spiritual disciplines are, and they kind of know the elements that, it, that uh, are involved with being discipled in Jesus and growing in Christ. But these things are really important for you especially this morning and for others like you or who, are, who are fairly young in the faith and trying to grow in Jesus. Letter A. Practice holiness. Practice holiness. Live the life, the fruit of the Spirit in speech, life, love, faith, purity. Live the fruit of the Spirit in those things. The fruit of the Spirit comes from Galatians 5.22. The speech, life, love, faith, purity comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, where Paul tells Timothy he wants him to grow in these things. And so what that means for you too, but for everybody, is a sense of becoming more and more what God wants us to be. The notion of holiness is to be set apart. Set apart in our world for some special purpose. And our purpose is to be what God wants us to be. And so we're set apart specifically to serve Him and honor Him. The fruit of the Spirit will be present in our lives when we are pursuing holiness. Letter B. Personal Bible study and devotional reading. Personal Bible study and devotional reading. We look at the Bible here on Sunday mornings. It's wonderful to have people here. There are Bible studies that go on during the week. There's a Wednesday night study right now going on in the book of Acts. But when you get your own Bible and you do your own personal Bible study, there is growth that will take place in your life which doesn't really happen any other way. Letter C. Sacrificial service. If we were to read that Mark 10 passage today, it would be the passage where James and John are attempting to gain a place at the Father's left and right. But instead of them getting that position on the left and right, Jesus says, that's not for you. And he goes on to say, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Letter D, corporate and individual worship. Corporate and individual worship. The passage in John 4 is simply talking about how we're to worship in spirit and in truth, that God wants us to be giving ourselves to him constantly in devotion. You know, we, we come here on Sunday mornings and we worship for sure. But you know and I know that that's not just where spiritual worship needs to take place. It needs to take place in our lives constantly. And so we get up in the morning and sometimes the first thing we say and do needs to be worship to the Lord. Letter E, we need to contribute financially. We have a responsibility there as disciples in Jesus to contribute financially to the work of the Lord. The passage in 1 Corinthians 16 talks about how the church from the beginning was getting together and setting aside each one a portion of their income 
and giving that to the work of Christ. Letter F, a growing prayer life. Matthew 6, 5 through 13 is a passage that talks about not praying just to be seen by men, but to pray sincerely. And at the end, there's the Lord's Prayer, as we typically call it, as the example of what it means to pray. And God wants very much for us to be in touch with Him in communication through a growing prayer life. And then number four, share Christ with others. We need to be sharing Christ with others. And that passage in Matthew 28 is simply the Great Commission. We've looked at that an awful lot lately. Now, I know after you fill out an outline, you fill in all the blanks, and then you fold it up and you put it away, and the preacher's done, right? i got a few more things to say, okay? I want you to ask yourself the question, whether or not the things that we've just listed are things that are really active in your life. And I want you to be honest with yourself this morning. Like it's easy for us to come here on a Sunday morning and to come here week after week after week and to sit in the pews where you do and for me to sit in the pews where I do or for that matter for me to come here every day and sit in my office. It's easy for me to do those things and to go through the motions. And you know what that's like. You know what it feels like to go through your Christianity simply in going through the motions. And what I want to ask you this morning is whether or not that's the case with you. Do you feel like you're just going through the motions or do you feel like you have this kind of active, participatory, growing discipleship in Jesus? Because I know that's what he wants. I don't know what ears are supposed to do. And we didn't measure noses this morning and so I'm not sure what's supposed to happen with noses as we get older. But I know that the person who has been in Jesus for five years is, is supposed to have grown more than the person who's been in Jesus five days. And the person who's grown for 50 years is doing what Christ wants them to do throughout their life. And so when you look at this list of things and say, okay, Kelly's given us some stuff we should be doing or could be doing as people desiring to grow in Jesus. I just want you to ask yourself, is this me? Is this what I'm doing? Are these things constituents in my life? Do they comprise who I am? Because I'm absolutely convinced that this is the kind of lifestyle that God wants for every one of us. In fact, I'd say it's pretty hard to take one of those elements completely out and to be the kind of growing person in Jesus that he really wants you to be. And so if you need to take the list home, take the outline home today and go through it again, I encourage you to do that. And I encourage some self-evaluation and just asking, where am I at? It might be that you're going to say, man, on this stuff I am measuring up. And if that's the case, my guess is you're also going to say, and I'm growing in Christ. The relationship that I have with Jesus is one that is maturing and growing, and I really am becoming what Christ wants me to be. And if that's the case for you, praise the Lord. Because that's what he wants. And he wants it for every one of us. So I encourage you, self-evaluation this morning. Just look at that outline and see. How is it that my life 
depicts a life of discipleship. And we'll grow together in Christ. Let's pray. Holy Father, I praise and thank you this morning that that we have a chance to grow in you. Lord, we don't want to be stagnant. Not one of us. We want to instead move forward in you and become what you want us to be. Father, we know that there are ways in which that can happen in our lives. And I pray that you'd open every heart. Give us time. Give us the ability to set priorities. Help us to establish, Father, the the goals that we wish for ourselves when it comes to spiritual growth. But most of all, Father, just open our hearts, open our minds, open our wills, if that's what needs to happen. And through your Spirit, begin to transform us and make us different. Change us, God. Change the way that we approach life. Change the perceptions we have about ourselves and who we should be. Open us to your spirit to the point where we can be transformed by you. Make us a different people. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing, please.